Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. Appreciate all of you being here today. We've been on a series of sermons dealing with Old Testament people. And uh, we have dealt with Adam and Noah and Abraham. And this morning I would like for us to, to look at Lot. By the way, tonight while you're finding Genesis chapter 13, and just hold your finger there, because I'm not going to read a passage, but to make reference to several. The ABW will be putting on their skit tonight dealing with uh, the subject. Is it mirror, mirror? Still, that's what the title of it is. So you want to come out tonight, and I'll not preach tonight. They're going to do the whole thing this evening. So you come out this evening. But let us look at Lot a little bit, and I'll shorten up some things I probably would have normally said this morning. But uh, let's get the, the general gist of it. You remember that Lot. I grew up in the family of Abraham, for his father had died very young. And Abraham took him into his family and took him with him into uh, Canaan, promised land. And as the years grew on, Lot grew up and became an adult and had his own family, his wife and children and servants and uh, various flocks and herds. And there came that point in time when both family of Abraham and the family of Lot were too large to, to actually live on the same piece of ground. And so they began to fuss amongst themselves, particularly amongst the herdsmen. And Abraham said, let's don't fuss. You go your way and I'll go mine. You take your family and, and whatever direction you go, I'll go the opposite. And it finally ended up that uh, Lot took a look toward the plain land, and he looked down toward the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and decided that he would like to live in that fine community. Now, Lot was not going down there as an ignorant person. He knew the, the reputation of those cities. He knew that he ought to stay out of there. He had no business going into the city of Sodom. But he went anyway. It points out to us that we are very prone to do things that we know better that we ought not do, and still we do them anyway. The Sunday school lesson this morning points out very well the problem that exists when a person in his strong mind and strong will decides to do something on his own, such as David did with Bathsheba, that God might very well forgive that sin, but the consequences of that sin is going to have its effect uh, perhaps even upon generations to come. And so for a person to say, well, it's not going to hurt me any, I'll go down to Sodom or to Gomorrah and live there, and I can live in that community amongst those people, and their attitudes and their sins not going to rub off on me is nothing but a bunch of nonsense. Because when a person puts himself 
into a situation that is stronger than he is, either he's going to influence or the situation's going to be the influence. And I've said to more than one person, and one particularly with whom I've talked about this issue, that if you can't be strong enough to pull up those people with whom you associate, you better think in terms of getting out of the situation because they're going to pull you down. And that's exactly what happens. If you're not strong enough Christian to pull up that group of people with whom you associate, you better start running because they're going to pull you down. And this is what happened a lot. He looked over there to Sodom and Gomorrah and thought, that's a nice, fine community. I think I'll move in there. And that's exactly what he did. And if you'll go over uh, there in the 14th chapter, the first thing he did is he simply cast his eyes towards Sodom. He pitched his tent in that direction and began to move that way. It isn't difficult to watch a person move away from God. He begins to get other ideas, other interests, other concerns, and suddenly his or her pew becomes vacant in church. And then they're back, and then they're vacant, and then they're back, and vacant, and vacant, and vacant, until finally the person has disappeared from the church scene. And what did they do but start turning their mind, their eyes, their heart towards something that was not right for them as a Christian to do? And were swallowed up in, in that society, in that process. We find over in the 19th chapter where you need to go, and we're going to skip somewhere for the sake of time, that when we see Lot, well, there's another time in between, but we'll move on to chapter 19. We find him now sitting in the gate of Sodom. It doesn't mean when he was sitting in the gate of Sodom that he was just out in the evening to enjoy the uh, the fresh air and to watch the coming and going of the traffic and to see who came into town and who went. What this means is he had become so well accepted by the city of Sodom that they had made him one of the, the, the community officials. He had been so, become so absorbed in that world that he became one of them. He wanted to live on, in two worlds. And brothers, you can't do it. He wanted to live in the world in the realm of the spiritual, but he also wanted to live in the realm of the physical. He wanted to be a part of God's kingdom, but he also wanted to be a part of the kingdom of the world. He wanted to match the two. You don't have to go very far until you find somebody who will tell you that they can do that. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. He sat in the gate of the city in a position of authority. And he looked like and he acted like a sodomite. He didn't look like a righteous person. We have a lot of phrases along that line, a lot of little sayings. If you lie down with dogs, you get up with fleas. We have another one that says, you'll be painted with the same brush. 
another one that says birds of a feather flock together. Or you are known by the company you keep. They're all good statements. They didn't come out of the Bible. But they have biblical principles. We are painted by the brush that paints the people with whom we associate. We're going to look like and be thought of in relationship to the life that we live. This was Lot. His feathers had taken on the color of his associates. He had become one of the fine people of the city of Sodom. And the two men who were angels that we would know if we had time to develop that part of the story came into town and found Lot and told him that they had been sent there to destroy the city because the sin of the city had shown up very great in the face of the Lord. And that he was to, Lot was to take his family and get out of town because the city was going to be destroyed. Now Lot took to heart that statement and knew that it was true. And so he went to his family and began to say to his uh, brother-in-laws, uh, I mean his son-in-laws rather, who had married his daughters, you better get your family and come with me and leave town because this city is going to be destroyed. And his daughters and his sons-in-laws laughed in his face. Sometimes we think we can turn on and off our religious experience and everybody around us is supposed to do it as well. We can live like the devil six days a week and on Sunday, what we do on Sunday is supposed to overcome all the things that happened the other six days. And if we want to offer a prayer this morning, everybody is supposed to think that we're doing it out of a righteous heart and will forget what happened last week. It would be the same thing as if a drunk came into the service this morning and I brought him up here to the pulpit and said, will you pray? And there is nobody in this congregation that would give his prayer credibility. Because we have to earn that credibility. And Lot thought that he could snap his finger at his sons-in-laws and they were going to ask, how high do you want me to jump? And he discovered that instead they laughed in his face. Our influence must be developed day by day. if we're going to have any influence. But we want to see the evidence of one's life on a daily basis. And his family had no confidence in him. And he takes his two daughters that are left. If I read this passage of scripture in the 14th and 15th verses to indicate 
that his sons-in-laws and the daughters that they married didn't leave town. It was only the unmarried daughters that left with him. 19th chapter, 15th verse. Two daughters and his wife. But the trouble is, he wasn't too anxious about getting out of town. But the angel said, you take your wife and your two daughters that are here with you, and you get out of town lest you be consumed in the iniquity of this city. But I want you to notice what Lot did. Although he knew that the city was going to be destroyed, verse 16 says that he lingered. You know, this is one of the tremendous blights against people who are in the position of considering whether they ought to be saved or not. There is a rationalization that there is really no need to get in a hurry. I can just wait and wait and wait and wait, and one of these days the time will be right. Just linger around. To the point that the angels had to take Lot physically and his wife physically and his two daughters, put their hands on them and physically take them out there in order to keep them from being destroyed. There is an urgency to the gospel message. When it is preached, it is done in urgency. There is no great span of time for a person to decide that he is or is not going to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. Now be practical. If we could just be practical in our consideration, what advantage is there in lingering? What advantage is there in waiting until next Sunday or next week or next year? The odds are, if you wanted to put it in those terms, the odds are there will not be a good time to make a decision. One has to yield when the Holy Spirit is speaking or face the potential of never getting out of town. This is what Lot was faced with. He didn't want to leave. Verse 17, the angel said, Escape for your life. Do not look behind you, but escape to the mountain. Give me three minutes to finish here. All right? The angel said, Go to the mountain. Get out of town. Go into the mountains. In verse 18, Lot says, no, I, I have a better idea. i tell you what, sir. Uh, there's a little city just over there. It's a little one. Uh, how about I go over there? You see, if, if I go to the mountains, I don't know what's going to happen to me. Well, the wild animals are liable to get me. You know, they're bare in those mountains. I don't want to go there. How about let me go to the little city? Here is the rationalization people started. I'm going to quit doing all the bad things. And we know how bad things are. But you see, there's these little things. That doesn't hurt. A little white lie is okay. It's a great big bold lie that's the bad one. And we say to God, and we start barking with him, God, I'll never tell another bad one. But you know there's really nothing wrong with a wee bit of sin. Just, just, just a wee little one. We've all done that. 
Now, I didn't tell a lie. Well, just a wee little old white lie. I didn't do a gross sin. I didn't murder, commit adultery, and do all those things. I didn't even steal. Well, unless you take, I forgot to put on my uh, IRS form, that uh, little thing. But you see, that doesn't count. This is the attitude that Lot had. No, Lord, I don't want to go completely away from all the things that I'm accustomed to. Let me just go to a little town. I might go to Charles, but how about let me live in Turtle Creek? This is the attitude. It was contrary to the Lord's instructions. But the city could not be uh, destroyed until Lot and his family is out for the sake of Abraham. This God had promised Abraham, and he was going to save Lot, and so he says, all right, all right, if you insist, go to the little city, but get out of town and do it now. So the city was near, verse 20, and just a little one, and so he goes there, A little sin has the same weight in the eyes of God as a big sin. The consequences of this big sin may be greater and have a more rippling effect than the little sin. I don't think we cannot doubt that killing a person in man's eyes and the rippling effect it has, the number of people that's involved and the, and the, the trauma that it creates is a whole lot worse than telling a little white lie. But listen, in God's sight, a sin is a sin. We can't escape to the little ones just because we want to get out away from the consequences of the big ones. So they said, all right, go there. But something I want you to notice. They went toward this little town called Zor, which means little. He said, go and don't you look back. But Lot's wife was too curious. She turned around and looked back. I don't want to get into the scientific stuff this morning about what the fire was, the brimstone was that came down out of heaven and destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, and why she turned into a pillar of salt and all that stuff. I want to go ahead to the fact that Lot and his two daughters now are left, and they have gone to the city of Zor. And all of this destruction takes place, and he can look back towards Sodom and Gomorrah and see all the plains of fire and everything is burned up. And I want you to look at verse 30. And Lot went up out of Zor and dwelt in the mountain. He did finally what God told him to do to start with. But it took the dynamic experience of losing his daughters, his sons-in-laws, and if they had children, and losing his wife on the road to wake him up to the fact that he needs to obey God. Sometimes God has to perform such traumatic experiences in our life to get our attention. He did not have lots of until Lot was in Zor and looked back to see what had taken place. And then he realized that he had to obey God.
There are perhaps people in this congregation this morning that are like Lot who want to suggest that I'll quit the the big bad things in my life, but then I'll change my pattern of living and I'll start coming to church and I'll be good and I'll be honest and I'll quit swearing and I'll quit drinking and I'll quit smoking and I'll quit this and I'll quit that and we can come up with all our quits. And all we have done in doing that process is move into Zor, into the little ones. What God wants is for us to go to the mountain and get completely away from all this that, to repent. This is what Lot finally had to do. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you this morning as I know he is to some in this congregation, give your life completely in obedience to the Lord and get away from whatever it is that's holding you from being in complete obedient service to the Lord and go to his mountain wherever he's assigned you. Spiritually speaking, give your heart and life to him. Accept him as your Savior. Repent of your sin. Just get up out of your seat and come forward and say, I am going to get out of not only the big sins, but the little sins. I'm going to ask God to forgive me of all of it and get me started right. But some of you need to do that. Some of you need to rededicate your life. But some of you perhaps need to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Give your life fully and completely to him, and there's no better time to start than right now. Don't hesitate like Lot. Lot nearly lost all of his family and his own life because of his hesitation. There may be family members that are dependent upon your decision. Don't act and look foolish in their eyes. Be honest and sincere in where you are in your need for Christ. Let us pray. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.com sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.